0: BBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. Together, Gibraltar's new interim leader would like to present a united front with the GSD at the next election. Nick Calamaro claims voters want to get rid of the current government, and the best way to achieve that would be for his political party to avoid splitting the vote. Mr Calamaro said he and the GSD leader, Keith Asopardi, share a lot of values and there are ongoing conversations will bring you an extended interview with him in just a moment. But first, the Shadow Housing Minister says Parliament has sent a very clear message that Gibraltar needs to change the way that fireworks are used. Damon Borsino told Radio Gibraltar an education and awareness campaign will be needed to help people understand the new law, which only allows fireworks to be used between 11pm on New Year's Eve and 1am on New Year's Day
1: this is an issue which uh, which we raised uh, because it uh, was a cause for concern particularly in the last uh, New Year's Eve celebrations, um, I, th- th- this is likely to be as a result of the the fact that we are we are seeing uh, a lot of importation of fireworks from Spain since the frontier opened. But I think it, it it was hitting over the last few years, and particularly last year, a crescendo to the point that you know it almost felt that you were in Beirut in the 1980s. Okay, it, it, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was really bad, and uh, and I and I and I felt that the party felt that we had to raise it in Parliament. We raised it during the course of the question and answer session and um, uh, we were the reply that we were given was that the government was already on to it it had been in discussions and lengthy discussions uh, with I think the police and other interested parties and they came up with this bill which we debated yesterday and as you I think accurately pointed out the, the end result of that bill, and I think it's a w- very well drafted bill, um, is that there will be a complete prohibition for the use of fireworks, and I use that term uh, generally, uh, between uh, other than a very short window uh, on, on New Year's Eve. Then the minister has the power, which is very common, to um, introduce what's called subsidiary legislation, which basically means he can, by regulation himself, then provide some flexibility to that, and he explained that he may introduce that, for example, in relation to national days and other things like that. Because so, I mean, so
0: yeah. So, should organisers want to have fireworks at some at another event,
1: then the the yes. um, the minister for public health can uh, write some legislation to allow that. That that that's right. But I think the the important thing here is that Parliament is sending out uh, in unison a very clear message. That uh, we carry not, cannot carry on the the way we did. That we need to have the the principal position is that there is an absolute prohibition, with some very uh, sort of some exceptions, other than that window between 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. on New Year's Eve. So that's that, when that's when
0: they're allowed, but
1: correct. presumably they could be sold. In advance of that, obviously. Yes, exactly. But even in relation to the selling, I think it's an important point as well. There are there are strict uh, regulations which are now in place for uh, labelling of you know the the entities which sell these things. It can only be sold to certain people of a certain age, over a certain age. Uh, that the 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 um, the fireworks themselves also need to be labelled. So we had a debate around that in Parliament, but the opposition was very happy to support this legislative uh, initiative. So uh, those prohibitions weren't in place previously on, on on the age of somebody purchasing fireworks for example uh, no and, and certainly uh, the prohibition in relation to the use of them as I understand it wasn't uh, existent now what the, the, the I think there are two issues which arise from this uh, which uh, doesn't necessarily come about automatically just because you pass a law and and one of them is education uh, because this will mean a, a massive almost cultural shift in the way that we celebrate New Year's in in Gibraltar. Where people need to be advised and educated as to as to what the law in fact says, and I think secondly the the other important thing is enforcement. Uh, I mean, one thing is to have a law, and the other thing is to to have the police or whoever is going to be enforcing this thing, and knocking on your door and saying, "Look, I think you have fireworks in your premises, and and we're going to be you know arresting you and all the rest of it." And I, I can just hear you know fireworks enthusiasts across Gibraltar shouting, "Killjoy!"
0: But, but really, <laughs> what what? what what? we're talking about is not, you know, the fireworks which traditionally mark 12 o'clock and thereabouts, but we're talking about a a, a sort of a a general approach that that a lot of people have taken in Gibraltar in recent years where Mm -hmm. you might be walking home at, at midday. And be you know come across a, a massive loud bang from a petardo, a mecha negra, yeah. um, w- which are actually illegal anyway in yes. Gibraltar, no, what, and,
1: and, uh, and, and they were becoming sort of commonplace. Yes, that that, that that's right. And uh, I, I suppose the issue there is the unexpected nature of of that bang. So as you as you say, one when we are all joyfully welcoming in the new new year. Uh, we want to celebrate and the expectation is that there will be some fireworks, but we don't expect is two days along the road to be walking your dog, let's say, and having to hear to one of these things. And I, what I mentioned in Parliament yesterday is that we have to be also very conscious of uh, those vulnerable members of our society, the elderly, um, um, you know, the, those who are, for whatever reason, going through, a, through an illness and and, and particularly... I say from a personal experience, those who suffer from, from autism, where those people who will know that uh, they are p- particularly, some of them are particularly sensitive to loud noises. So if, if if there is a loud noise, and to boot, it's a it's unexpected, it can set off a tantrum which has an impact on the child and the family around him. What do you make of the new law
0: restricting the use of fireworks in private homes during the New Year period? Our reporter Kevin Ruiz uh, took to Main Street to find out they might restrict but ultimately you see for yourself what happens on the day which is not what the what's legislated it's a free for all so whatever you say is going to happen again this way likewise and it could easily have a fire and why should we have so much noise you have it at the right time the new year and well that's a christmas but new year's eve is a bad one you can have it for a certain window and then out. And then, how many fireworks came in the illegally? Mixed feelings, and that. But for, for the dogs, mainly, yes, that's a good idea. Um, because sometimes they go on for four hours and it's a bit much for them. They get um, some of them have to have medication for it. I think something should be done about it. It's uh, not only pets which are affected but also the elderly and people who have autism which obviously uh, don't uh, react positively to to noise. I'm not a a wet blanket in that there shouldn't be any fireworks, but surely uh, when this stretches from, you know, the day before New Year's Eve till three or four days or even a week after New Year's Eve, then I think that uh, it's pushing it a bit too far.
1: It's it's a two-way thing. It could be that um, it's a tradition that we have and people might feel that um, if you take that away, you know, it's it's um, it's not nice, but then obviously people with dogs and um, children that um, are kind of like um, scared with the fireworks, that would be a good thing. So it's kind of a balance. So I'm not sure. I mean, I'm out, but I mean, if, if there would be fireworks, it would be okay with me.
2: Well, it sounds brilliant. Uh, I wonder how it's going to be enforced. Uh, who's going to be timing it and who's going to be policing it? It's not going to be easy. Um, personally, I'm not a person that likes fireworks. Um, perhaps because in my in my job I've always had to to control their importation. But, um, yeah, see how it goes.
1: Difficult to enforce as a pet owner and I don't like fireworks, uh, to be honest. But I understand that just because of that I don't need to spoil the fun for everybody. Two hours, I think, sounds like a reasonable enough time, but to to enforce it, I cannot, to be honest, I cannot see it. On Radio Gibraltar
0: and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott we're going to talk now to Nick Calamaro who's been elected by the political party Together Gibraltar as their interim leader. Um, of course it follows uh, Marlene Hassan now on stepping down or, or, or announcing that she will be stepping down from frontline politics she will continue to be a member of parliament until the parliament is dissolved when a general election uh, is called but um, but but what is the future of Together Gibraltar? Nick Calamaro is here. Good afternoon, Mr. Calamaro. Your intention is to uh, fight the general election.
3: Hi, Jonathan. Thanks so much for having me. And yeah, absolutely, that is our intention. It's something I said at the announcement that we want to make sure that parliamentary representation that Together Gibraltar, our members and the community we represent has had great representation in Marlene. And that's something that we want to keep up and actually we'd like to improve upon. Yep. Okay. so uh, 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 that's the target. Is it a realistic goal, do you think? So it's a tough one. Obviously, the team that Marlene was running was sort of a government-in-waiting. Marlene gave us tremendous political reach, but something that we're seeing the need to focus on now is to focus on our values, our principles and what we actually bring. And we think there is a tremendous appetite in Gibraltar for a party that represents clear progressive principles, knows what it stands for and is going to fight under that umbrella.
0: What do you think has changed in the past four years?
3: So what we've really been seeing is just a general kind of apathy, a lack of kind of political appetite for people to get involved. Um, There's this culture of fear where people are less and less able to speak out in public. And that's something that we really want to show just can't stand and that we need to make a difference in and get new voices, get diverse voices into not just Parliament, but kind of polit- the political conversation more broadly. It's something Together Gibraltar did very successfully as a movement before they were a party, and it's something that we have every uh, confidence we'll be able to do again. Now,
0: at the 2019 general election, your candidates together gibraltar candidates including yourself uh, were sorry Sorry, you you didn't actually I didn't, uh, I didn't. you didn't actually stand uh, uh, but you were part of of the team but. um they they voted they they, they received you know a, a, a significant number of votes it's fair to say uh, but but fell short of getting enough to to get voted into Parliament. So so the closest was Craig Saccarello, who who didn't make it into Parliament. Marlene, of course, uh, received 5,600-plus votes, um, uh, more than any other member of the opposition, uh, so more than all GSD members. But... Um, then there was a massive gap between her and Craig Saccarello, who was, uh, you know, the first after Edwin Reyes. Edwin Reyes was the last GSD MP to get voted into Parliament. Craig Saccarello was just 35 votes off. But the point is that, you know, even with Marlene, you you only got one MP into Parliament and it was Marlene. You know, how are you going to be able to do better
3: than you did with her? So that's right, and we definitely have a very steep hill to climb, but it's something that we really see the value in and we really see a strategy for. So we have spent the last four years growing our membership, building bridges, getting more people involved. And I think, again, back to that thing, Marlene was very much presenting a government-in-waiting style party. What we'd like to present is say, look, we're trying to build up people, we're trying to build up the party, give us your vote, and you can help us build this progressive movement and it's not just about one election there's a whole strategy where we're not saying we need to necessarily get in now and ever what we really want to do is to give people a platform where they can build their political careers they can have mentorship they can have a chance to actually speak out which is something that neither of the other political parties are offering
0: so so you're going to contest the next general election but but you're not
3: presenting yourself as a would-be government I think we need to be honest about where we are. Um, As I say, Marlene had that reach and Marlene gave us that credibility. It's something that we don't want to mislead people. And obviously we want to do as well as we can. But we're aware that we're fighting for our principles and we're fighting for a platform where everyday working Gibraltarians can make a difference. Now, those Gibraltarians can get into government and can start making a difference. That would be brilliant. We have a manifesto ready to go. We have our ideas. We have our values. But we think just having the platform for those voices is the most important thing. Give us one of those big ideas. Yeah. Um, So I think what we're talking about in terms of um, getting rid of this culture of fear, building up a better kind of sense of democracy, giving people a place where they can come petition government, make a difference... Um, child care is one that we think gibraltar is desperately lagging behind and is really really misserving the women in our community and we need to increase parental leave not just for mothers that needs to be divided evenly among parents so that mothers aren't putting their careers on hold but also men are able to spend more time with their children do you think that would uh, address in some measure the existing pay gap significant pay gap men getting paid significantly
0: more than women absolutely, over their lifetimes
3: absolutely because it's It really is a policy question because obviously there are reasons why early on um, mothers have to spend more time with infants. But um, it is just a cultural thing and a workplace thing that women end up putting their careers on hold, whereas men who only, I believe, get kind of two weeks statutory leave, um, sometimes employers will give them a bit more, but they end up going back to work very, very quickly. And so what that creates is a disparity It's something we see in politics that I always like want to push back against because everyone's always saying, oh, we have so many um, talented young women in politics, but they don't then ask themselves why those talented young women don't stay in politics and can't make a difference.
0: Okay, we've had a couple of comments from our our listeners, which I'll put to you, Mr. Calamaro. Uh, Stephen says, regardless of political allegiance, you have to admire people who stand up and take on the political challenge, especially, uh, says Stephen, against two well-seasoned and established political parties. Thank you for that comment, Stephen. And thank you also to Frank, who says... Mr. Calamaro is brave and also asks, um, you mentioned the Together Gibraltar values. You've just talked a little bit about childcare there, but perhaps you can expand uh, on on your values and whether these, Frank asks, whether these are based on morals.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely based on morals. So one thing we wanted to do when we set up Together Gibraltar was have our pillars and our values and stick very closely to them, it's something that typically in Gibraltar, politics tends to be very much about generic change or about pragmatism. And we want to say, no, here are the things we believe in. If you agree with them, this is the party for you. And if you don't, that's OK. There are other parties you can support. Um, our value is very clear about democracy because we think that there's a lack of diversity um, in Gibraltar politics. We think more working class Gibraltarians need to be able to make a difference sustainability, not just um, the environment, but people's quality of life. Gibraltar deserves to be a place where people can really live a healthy life and, um, trans- um, and transparency because there needs to be accountability for government. So we, we were talking about
0: um, the heat wave yesterday, which uh, brought us to the climate emergency. So let me put a question to you, Mr. Calamaro. Do you think that um, the uh, green... If you think that the GSLP government was voted in on a green manifesto, uh, how far have we come on sustainability
3: in the past four years? I don't think we have have at all. I understand that um, things like COVID obviously threw that into disarray worldwide, but we can clearly see that it's not something that's been a priority. And in fact... Um, Something where we've been pushing in the opposite direction, where it's been, uh, um, as Marlene said, all about more development, more construction, um, more um, economic growth. um, Although that economic growth doesn't end up trickling down to working Gibraltarians, um, which all runs counter to sustainability. Sustainability is about the environment. But again, it's also about preserving our heritage. It's about um, preserving our beaches, our um, access, our, our kind of visibility of the rock, all those important things that are being lost by this non-stop development.
0: Okay, Sam says uh, that uh, you you were called brave by, by Frank, but um, but isn't your, um, your move to present a, a, a third party, a third option at the next general election just going to split the vote, as you did in 2019?
3: So that's something I really wanted to address because obviously there's a lot of questions around that. And I think for us... Um, the most important thing is that no party is entitled to anyone's vote. It can't just be, um, as Damon was saying earlier on the Chief Minister, a project fear of if you do this, then um, this will happen. Um, And I think people also need to reckon with the reality that people have values and the things they believe in and that the GSD for many people, many Gibraltarians, and many of our membership are actually the third option and that they they don't, by default, receive the votes that together with Geralt would have. I want to say something that was said, to, well, that, that I noticed, but was said to me, was how um, Keith Asaparadi, at his Pride address, said, as long as I am leader of the GSD, your rights will never be in question. And that's something that people pay attention to, people notice. People don't want their rights um, at the whims of internal party machinations. They want to know, that there's a, that a party is their political home, that they can trust that brand, that they can trust that party, and that that party is going to represent them and respect their rights. And, so, and do you
0: think that the, the the GSD
3: doesn't offer that and Together Gibraltar does? Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely what we're trying to push here. We have our values. Um, those values don't necessarily speak for every single person, but if you do have those values, then you can always trust that Together Gibraltar will represent you. Now, that's something that I think the GSD needs to reckon with, the fact that if together Gibraltar weren't here, most of those votes would voters would either stay home or would vote for the GSLP. Um, part of the reason we've been having these discussions with the GSD that Marlene's talked about is that there's a tremendous amount of um, kind of synergy there for both parties in terms of, I think there are a tremendous amount of voters who would feel much more comfortable giving the GSD their votes if they knew that people like the ones in Together Gibraltar were there to hold them to account. So do
0: you expect or will you try to um, see if you can arrive at some sort of arrangement with Keith Asopardi so that Together Gibraltar and the GSD are both um, presenting candidates at the next election
3: but are seen as complementary and, 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 and what, an alliance potentially? So so that's something that, as Marlene said, as Keith's told you, um, there have been conversations ongoing about and conversations that we keep having. Now, we obviously both have to run this by our executives and our membership and make sure it's the best thing. But certainly, hearing voters on the street, it's very clear that people do want to get rid of the current administration, and I think that that's by far the best way to guarantee that change in government.
0: Working with the GSD rather than against them?
3: Yes, yeah, I mean, there's certainly a strength there and presenting a united front, and I get on very well with Keith Hasselbadaddy. We have um, a lot of shared values, and I know that he's trying to push the GSD in the right direction. How would it work? I mean, you get a certain number of candidates, and he, they present seven, you present three? Yes. Yeah, so, so, so it's nothing different from what the GSLP... Uh, well, it's very different from what the GSLP Liberals have in that we would remain uh, retain our separate identities and as something that I'm very focused on as now Interim Leader of Together Gibraltar is maintaining our brand, maintaining our credibility and building up the party and making sure we properly represent our membership. So what we can't have is our identity being lost for short-term electoral gain. But at the same time, we have to understand the change, the uh, the the, the clamour for change That Gibraltar's voters are asking for, but you haven't arrived at a formula yet. That's to be decided. Yeah,
0: yeah, still ongoing conversations. Okay, um, exciting times, I guess. Um, Everybody who follows politics always gets excited around a general election, and now we've got this sort of these moving parts to try to see where they land. Um, Okay, how confident are you feeling?
3: Um, well, on behalf of Together Giralta, very confident. Like, obviously, the loss of Marlene was a very, very difficult blow for us all. But I'm very lucky to have had her mentorship, and she's still involved in the party in a more um, kind of taken-a-back seat capacity. So we have a strong team together. We're going to keep focusing on our values and representing our membership. So, uh, yeah, that's the focus, and I think that's something that we have a great team in place to do. Okay. Uh thank you Mr Calamano two last questions I'll ask you to be brief if you don't mind so we can
0: fit them in um have the other candidates who are, would present themselves with together Gibraltar done enough in the past 4 years
3: to raise their profile and become electable um so obviously we'd always like to do more but no the, the candidates that we have have been really as i say building bridges trying to get outreach to different kind of parts of the community And we're also trying to bring more fresh voices in and to try and show people that Together Gibraltar is the kind of place where anyone can make a difference. Um, We run a democratic primary process, so that will be how we decide our Okay. And and one last question from Tony, who says you mentioned uh, development
0: and there being too much of it. Would Together Gibraltar effectively be... Anti-development.
3: No, no. So this is one that there's always a debate about because I don't want to ever be, sorry, anti-development, but it needs to be sustainable and it needs to be for Gibraltarians. It can't all be about investors and people who um, are going to invest in Gibraltar. It needs to be for the people who live here.
0: All right. Um, I'm sure that we'll continue the discussion in the coming days and weeks. But uh, for now, the Together Gibraltar interim leader, Nick Calamaro, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. Our reporter Katie Docker has spent the morning in the law courts. And by all accounts, seems like they've been quite busy this morning, Katie.
4: Yeah, I mean, as you know, Jonathan Court is often a mixed bag. We get a list of people emailed to us that have been newly charged uh, sent each morning. But we often don't know what else we can expect. Sometimes you turn up, there's not really much going on, or at least not um, that we would report on anyway. Other days you turn up and you find yourself covering a potentially a big case. Um, Today, on the overnights, there were three cases. One People may be familiar with from social media, recently the RGP posted a photo of a man who had allegedly stolen a suitcase from the bottom of 40 steps. Now the suitcase is said to have contained around £3,000 worth of makeup and other beauty products. Wow, so
0: it's a a lot of makeup.
4: Yeah, I believe, I'm not entirely sure, but I believe it's, it's owned by a makeup artist, so wedding season, not a good time to lose that.
0: No, of course not.
4: Um, So following the appeal, a 74-year-old man was arrested and he was in court this morning. The charge was theft by finding. So this is a lesser charge than, say, burglary. It's more of an opportunistic crime.
0: So Um, maybe he came across it. It wasn't his, shouldn't have picked it up. Um, and just picked it up and walked off rather than sort of trying to see who it belonged to.
4: Yeah, that, that is essentially, I guess, what theft by Finding is. But he denies the charge. Um, and the case has been adjourned until September.
0: And always innocent until proven guilty. <laughs>
4: exactly, exactly. Another charge this morning was a 19-year-old, uh, it was his birthday today, who was 17 at the time when he allegedly encouraged a girl under 16 to engage in sexual activity. His case was also adjourned to allow him to speak to a lawyer. And um, interestingly, although he was a juvenile at the time, a juvenile under 18, we are able to name him legally if we choose to, as he is now an adult. But GBC often exercises discretion in, in these kind of cases. Um,
0: We do have um, a a, a website article that that, um, helps people to understand how we, um, when we name people and and when we don't, Yeah. um, because it is a difficult process. But we've tried to be as uh, fair as possible and and, and tell people this is how we do it.
4: Yeah. And we try and keep it consistent as well. Yeah. And and last but not least, another case in court this morning was a a man fined almost £5,000 for 50 unpaid parking tickets. I mean, that's a lot of money. His wife didn't look very impressed. Um, The judge stipendiary magistrate Charles Peto said to him, you seem to find all the no parking spaces all over Gibraltar you know, 50, 50 of them. And he's got until, I think it's uh, summer 2025 to pay that fine. So he's got some time, but it's still £5,000 almost.
0: That's a lot of money, yeah.
4: So yeah, like I said before, a bit of a mixed bag. Court is an interesting place to be. Anyone can go, anyone over 18 can go and sit in and and, and watch proceedings. Um, And whilst you're there, you know... You sometimes are there to watch people on their worst days. Obviously, this is this is, can be an emotional time for people um, and it can be rather depressing. You have um, to be
0: alive to that no? and make yeah. sure that as a reporter you're sensitive to, to what is a difficult moment for them.
4: Yeah, and you can often like, find yourself can be affected as well by what you're seeing. It can be quite harrowing, some of the cases that you hear, um, but it can also be quite eye-opening and can really give a picture of what life is like in Gibraltar for some people and the problems that they face.
0: Yeah, there are people who are in, in more difficult circumstances and, and also some who I think you've reported in the past find it difficult to break out of a cycle.
4: Exactly, and that you do see that. You know, I've, I've been court reporting now for seven years and I've seen kids, you know, ju- juveniles, who were 13, 14 when I started GBC and, and, and now they're adults and they're still in court and that is quite sad to see.
0: Gibraltar Today. With Jonathan Scott, I don't know if you've noticed, but there are some beautiful, beautiful butterflies around Gibraltar at the moment. Uh, there's a spike in the population of monarch butterflies. Beautiful, large, orange ones uh, are. Reporter Christina Cortez put together a really lovely piece last night on GBC News. If you haven't seen it, you should head over to our website and to our social media. It'll be a little pick me up. It'll brighten your day. Kat said these are beautiful and so big. Nicola said she's seen them everywhere. And Janica said or Jenica said uh, she spotted quite a few by Gasa, apparently. Uh, and I think there's a, a tree in Alameda Garden. Gardens close to the Rocket Hill, which has loads of them. The monarch is one of over 600 species of butterflies and moths that are recorded uh, in Gibraltar, uh, recorded as having been seen in Gibraltar. Uh, and we found out more by, from the director of the Botanic Gardens,
2: Keith Bensusan. American species in origin but it's such an efficient flyer that it has spread not only to southern Europe but to many different parts of the world impressively it managed to island hop all the way across the Pacific, that's half of the globe, to New Zealand, finding uh, finding suitable food plants for its caterpillar along the way. The director
0: of the um, Botanic Gardens, Keith Ben Susan. if you're lucky enough to have some outdoor space or indeed a garden, you could take some steps to attract more of these beautiful monarch butterflies.
2: If people would like monarch bu- butterflies, in their patios or gardens or balconies, then obviously growing milkweed is the way to do it. I would encourage um, wildlife-friendly gardening more generally. Use use native plants as much as possible. There are are many species of butterflies in Gibraltar and indeed of uh, other very attractive insects that rely on native plants
0: the very knowledgeable Keith Bensusan speaking to us about monarch butterflies. Um, Just a little disclaimer there, he referred to the milkweed plant, which is common in gardens, but it can be toxic to pets. So just take care if you're a pet owner, uh, you want to keep that in mind. Uh, But uh, as we were saying, go to GBC News on YouTube or on Facebook or on Twitter and have a look at the beautiful report that um, our colleague Cristina Cortez prepared